Hello. Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? I just got turned on from that. (laughs) (laughs) I am totally a voyeur, and the way that you put that into words was like... Oh, yes, that's what I love about it so much. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear you. Hi, welcome to the Curious Fox podcast. This podcast is for those who challenge the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. Today, I'm driving this episode solo, but I'm joined by the dynamic and insightful Jessie Fresh. You may remember her from a previous episode where we talked about the erotic blueprint. Jessie is a certified sex and relationship coach who helps women and couples create a deep, intimate connection so they can experience the mind-blowing sexual pleasure they so deeply crave. And today, Jessie and I will be talking about sex and sensuality for the super sensitive. Hi, Jessie. Welcome back. Hi. Thank you. I appreciate how slowly you you, uh, did that introduction and gave me a a large, deep breath. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I am I am trying to hold space for myself and Jackie in her absence and make her proud. Thank I'm so you. glad you're here. Um, we're going to have a great chat. I want to start by um, letting you know that we received so much great feedback about the, the last Curious Fox present session you did about the erotic blueprint. Great. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, no, I think it resonated with so many people because it provided guidelines for self-reflection and discovery into people's like fullest sexual expression, which mm-hmm. is a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, more often than not, when we ask people, what do you want? What do you like? Um, they freeze like, the, like that. Those core questions, we think that is like just such a simple question. Mm-hmm. People freeze. And the tools that you provided and the guidelines, I think really resonated with people. It gave them a path they can follow and say, oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I think this is what resonates for me and this doesn't resonate for me. Mm-hmm. And on a on a like a curious fox personal note, it remains to be the favorite ever episode for one of our team members. She will she Yay! mentions it every time. She's like, "That's my favorite. Jesse's my favorite. <laughs> Love Yay! the demo." Um, so that's uh, I just want to let you know. Oh, fun! It was it was great. <laughs> and one of my biggest takeaways from that session was that everybody has a unique route to pleasure. And the session that you're doing for us on Wednesday, September 30th at the Virtual Curiosity Salon, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about how that route can feel even more unique for highly mm-hmm. sensitive people and empaths. Mm-hmm. Most people who are sensitive or empaths tend to know that about themselves. Um, mm-hmm. but sometimes they might not know that there are other people like them. They might not realize they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And that they that they're not there are other people trying to navigate the world um, just like mm-hmm. them, and also uh, maybe we have some listeners who have partners who are like that, and they just mm-hmm. don't understand. They just don't understand what's going on. So I want to mm-hmm. start from that. So tell me about who are these people? What is it like to be mm-hmm. highly sensitive and empathic? Mm-hmm. Well, it can mean a variety of things. It can mean that you are very aware and can detect 
slight changes or signals or influences in other people. For instance, when you enter the room, you can tell who had a hard day and who is having an easy day. You can detect sometimes what people are thinking. So you can detect like the energy that's coming up for others. And sometimes we can read those signals to the point that it becomes something that we can't ignore. Like it's the thing that we read and uh, about another person. And yet, like we can't help ourselves reading it or not because it's in our face. Mm-hmm. An empath is someone that really uh, can empathize with another person, uh, automatically knowing what state of mood they're in. And then because of that, you can identify with those feelings and take on those feelings as well. So if you were having a hard day, I could potentially empathize with you to the point that I begin to have those same body sensations mm-hmm. um, and discomfort. And then a highly sensitive person is a little different where they are they have like a low threshold for stimulation. Uh, They need more alone time. They are sensitive to light and sound and smell. Mm. Uh, They can feel very overwhelmed in large groups and therefore it takes them longer to wind down in their life. Yeah. I mean, that definitely resonates with me. I think before we started, (laughs) I was, uh, I was confessing that that's, that's how I feel as I am. I'm a, Mm -hmm. I am a highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. I am empathic, which makes me great at my job. Mm-hmm. But uh, it mm-hmm. also makes me feel like I carry the burden of, mm-hmm. or I was just say I experience other people's pain in a way that it, it really sort of feels like it's mine. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. over time, I've got to a place with the work that I've done with, you know, great therapists is that I can, I can identify, oh, this is not my pain. Mm-hmm this is not my pain like this. Oh, this is their pain. And there's like, this is right where their feelings is. And this is where it ends and where I start. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean to say that I don't feel it still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Right. And I think something that you shared with me is that it's kind of similar for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like sharing? Like, what is it like for you? Yeah. Uh, well, 2020 has been a great example of feeling a lot and identifying um, and empathizing with other people's pain. And that being really difficult to try and balance like the weight of tragedy and Mm. pain that's been going on. And uh, I for sure identify with that. I have to do, well, we'll talk about all the things that you have to do um, as an empath and highly sensitive person to take care of yourself first Mm -hmm. so that you can begin to show up for yourself and others as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely want to get into that because I think mm-hmm. this is a lot of what, what you're going to cover in the workshop mm-hmm. that you're hosting for us. And I want to ask before we get into it, that what made you design something like this? Why mm-hmm. made you design a workshop that is very specifically for people, the, the sens- highly sensitive people and mm-hmm. empaths and, and, and for their pleasure? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have had uh, a path that I denied my sensitivity for a very long time. I have a very sensitive mother, and therefore, uh, a lot of my rebellion was, I'm not my mother, therefore, <laughs> like I'm not like her. Uh, mm-hmm. And what showed up in that is that I, I didn't take care of myself in the way that a highly sensi- sensitive person needed to. And it all came to a head uh, when I had a very tragic experience that was phys- physically traumatic, um, emotionally traumatic. I ended up uh, having a pregnancy that I wasn't able to carry full term. 
And that experience of having to abort when emotionally I was very attached to being a mother uh, was so difficult. Uh, and what it did to my sensitivity is it just blew it out of out of my flesh, basically. Like I, I was no longer just sensitive to the touch of my body. It was I was sensitive like six feet outside of my body. Mm-hmm. So I then could no longer ignore that this was happening because six feet outside of myself, if anyone crossed that boundary, felt like I was going to have full-blown rage. <laughs> and so that uh, I became very protective of myself and of my partnership because I was still very much in love and wanted to foster connection and healing um, during that really difficult time. And so I had to turn to the skills that I had and when I looked up like how to navigate this, like sex and highly sensitive sex and empaths, nothing came up. And so I started to really hack all of the different tools that I had, the understanding of the erotic blueprints, because the erotic blueprints has a blueprint that's very sensitive. The energetic blueprint can be erotically turned on from no touch at all. And I never quite understood that until this happened. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's what opened the door. And I dove into all of the learning uh, and reclaiming of my sensitivity, which took Mm -hmm. a lot of work. (laughs) It took a lot of Mm self-acceptance. Yeah, different different ways for me to see being sensitive as a gift instead of Mm -hmm. something that was weak or something that was high maintenance. I really had to look at it as like, if I were a superhero that had Mm -hmm. like super sensitive gifts, they would be something like an X-Men character that had Mm -hmm. like electric, when, when she orgasmed, she could harness the electricity of the earth, um, and use that like as her superpower. So that should definitely be an X-Men character. (laughs) Marvel, here's an idea. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. When I started to look at my sensitivity as something that was a gift and connected to the earth and the powers of the earth, that's when I could get into it. That's when I could be like, ooh, this can be hot and sexy because I'm ultimately connected to like the trees and the planet. And that was my way of resourcing in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And firstly, I'm sorry for your experience. That's, I mean, that sounds sounds hard to say the least. When I hear you describe your journey, it resonates with me, the wounded healer archetype, you Mm -hmm. know, that you, in an effort to heal yourself, you're now healing all those who who Mm -hmm. need healing as well, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. And thank you for thank you for the work that you're doing. I should just say that for, for anything else. And as I hear you describe your experience, it resonates with me deeply. Um, mm. Similarly, my hangout was mostly around just strong being a strong woman. Like as a mm-hmm. feminist, as a strong mm-hmm. woman, I just didn't think that the sensitivity would fit into that. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I was like, because something that you said absolutely stood out for me, which is sensitivity doesn't mean weakness. I mm-hmm. think we conflate the two mm-hmm. um, and we think that if you're a sensitive person, you're a weak person. In mm-hmm. fact, I think that if you're a sensitive person navigating this world, you have to be really strong mm-hmm. um, yeah. because it feels so hard. Yeah. So 
I think that's I think that's just worth pointing out. And I think that was a big realization for me that once I realized that my sensitivity has nothing to do with my strength. Mm-hmm. And similarly, it was a few things that just happened back to back where I was like, I can't hide this. I can't pretend that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I similarly to you, like I, it was really hard to be touched. And mm-hmm. I was coming in, I was having experiences with, I was ex- exploring the kink world mm-hmm. and it got to the point I was like, I like, Mm-mm. like it's not I don't even want to be touched right now so mm-hmm. I definitely took a sabbatical from from sex for a while because I ah. couldn't figure out how to navigate that I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out and because I couldn't figure it out I wasn't willing to work with partners mm-hmm. in like because it just felt so so raw so mm-hmm. so so sensitive mm-hmm. and I felt like I didn't want to carry like their stress while I'm trying to figure it out so I took a, I mean because of this I took a I took a sabbatical from from sex for a while so what I didn't have are the knowledge and experience and wisdom that you're going to share. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like you, you really did. You, you did a great thing where you took care of yourself first. You went, okay, this is like, I'm taking on too much from everyone involved. How can I just take care of myself? Which is a huge step. Yes. And, and I think it's, it was just so necessary for me. So I guess there's a good place to start, right? So if, if, the, mm-hmm. if someone's listening and they're like, oh my God, they're talking about me. I, mm-hmm. you know, I feel this way. I feel very sensitive. Like mm-hmm. I'm very sensitive to touch. I feel every, my own emotions and everybody else's emotions. And, and sex is a particular place where there's like emotions are in overdrive anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if one of our listeners are going, oh my God, that's me. Where would you start with them? What would you suggest that they do? Mm. Well, I really liked that you that we're talking about acknowledging it first. First, we have to acknowledge that this is what's up for us, that this is true for, for who we are. And from there, we get to begin to have awareness and choice around it. Mm-hmm. I love that you described your experience in kink and having to take that sabbatical and uh, putting some words to it because I, I feel that a lot of people have no words for what they're experiencing when they're super sensitive. They're like, what? I don't, I don't know how to explain what's happening. It's like a force that is outside of myself or I feel that I want to engage in sex, but I don't, there's like a glass wall between me and turn on. Mm-hmm. And so first being able to acknowledge, okay, this is what's happening for me. Possibly. Let me see if this is a possibility and let me see if I can begin to step into owning this a little bit more. And so I would say that Owning it is first, first key, even if it's hard to own it. Yes, for sure. Yeah, especially if, I also, I don't know if this is true. I I also feel, I mean, personal experience and also other people that I know who are highly sensitive, when they are open, they're also highly sexual. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Sensitivity works both ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. These are the people that you can, they can orgasm from the like lightest of touch or no touch at all. You can right. give them a mindgasm just from sitting across the room from them and I fucking them. So I also, yeah, breaking down the stigma is also a part of owning it is like, yeah, if I'm super sensitive, it doesn't mean that I'm not sexual. Right. It just means that I have extra gifts. Right. 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 And yeah. so, so I think that, like you said, I think that's really important. I think, you know, it's that sensitivity can be overwhelming, especially right now, given mm-hmm the world the world is the, the world is set up right now and we were talking before we started about you're in california and mm-hmm. california is on fire literally mm-hmm. air quality is is terrible it's scary it looks like mm-hmm. hell has risen 
Mm-hmm. And that's just California. And if you just go back to the, you know, if you look at the broader US, the world, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. so much chaos going on. COVID had, you know, had us locked down and worried about our safety, our loved one's safety, the, the mm-hmm. world dynamics. So the, the struggle with sensitive people and empaths, they feel all of that and mm-hmm. it can get in the way of their sexual pleasure, pleasure and that create that glass wall is, is what I'm understanding. Mm-hmm. Like you were stating uh, for the erotic blueprint workshop, that freeze state can show up. There's those different states of the nervous system that can show up for us in panic response that's Mm -hmm. fight, flight, freeze, or fuck. And sensitive people are not often the ones fucking. (laughs) They're the ones that are frozen, uh, typically, or fighting. Like when I said that I wanted, like, I was like, raging whenever someone would cross my boundary at six feet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I, when I say that, it meant it was mostly in my mind, like in my, in my head, I was like, you better get the fuck away from me, you know, mm-hmm. getting very protective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that freeze fight or flee. Like I got to get the fuck out of here, which is also not a sexy feeling during, during sex. So yeah, yeah, learning to navigate those and, and those are part of our like reptilian old brain Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to navigate those and to understand what's going on if we don't have any context for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So people know that they're sensitive. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard if you, especially if you don't have this foundational knowledge and awareness and, and being Mm -hmm. able to name it, which is what we just talked about. What are some of the Mm -hmm. ways that people can notice oh like I'm a highly sensitive person oh and how this is linked to my sex life like what can yeah. be happening what can they be experiencing um so that we can connect those dots for people yeah thank you for asking that in one of the uh sessions that I take people through I I go through a list of obstacles to health and and sexual health and pleasure. And one of them is energetically, how do we measure how sensitive you are? Mm-hmm. So this is, there's questions about when you've spent all day on the computer, is it hard for you to go to bed? Do you get headaches from being on electronics? Uh, can you sense when an electronic is on? Like, can you feel or hear like slight buzzing or like, is there a slight signal in you that's like something is like an EMF wave and an electromagnetic frequency that is coursing throughout your house. There's certain people that like their Wi-Fi being on is distracting for them. Mm-hmm. My personal example is that when, for some reason, it's always when I'm cooking, uh, when I'm cooking dinner and my partner comes up behind me and wants to like embrace me and love up on me. And I immediately go into freeze, mm. even though I'm like, Oh, I just, I want to enjoy this, but I feel like that X-Men character that wants to like shoot electricity out of her fingers to make sure that that person backs the fuck up, Mm, mm. (laughs) even though I love them. For sure. So, yeah. So that feeling of like, I like mentally, I want this, but physically I feel like there is static electricity that's repelling me from getting close to someone. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any insight into why some people are like that? And and is it a... I'm sure we'll go, we're about to dive into a nature nurture debate. I'm curious <laughs> yeah. to whether is this anything specifics that we can point towards? I can speak from my own experience and I don't, I don't want to generalize this from my own experience. That trauma that I had uh, made it even more pronounced. Mm-hmm. And therefore I think trauma makes us hyper aware 
Uh, and trauma is is anything from like someone calling you a name and that really affecting you, like some kind of aggression that you're experiencing. And it can be really big, like heavy, physically, emotionally traumatic moments that give you like PTSD. So I saw a meme somewhere that I really can't get that out of my head, but the meme said something like, you weren't born empathic you were raised in a household that was that made you so aware of the subtleties for your protection and safety mm-hmm. uh and that's certainly true for me on a very even on a subtle level like my household wasn't abusive emotionally there were some things that like i had to be very aware of to uh understand passive aggressive behavior passive aggressiveness was the communication of one of my parents. And that became something that as a child and and as an adult that you have to learn how to read someone's mind when they're passive aggressive. So that is certainly where that came from for me of like trauma and needing to read someone's mind in order to stay safe. Yeah. And that resonates for me too. I mean, personally, and and from what I uh, what I've studied also for me is the same. Um, so, I wouldn't say same, similar. I grew up with a, a very unpredictable parent ah. that just like trained that muscle, that attention muscle to, mm-hmm. to just like catch those like micro changes so I can, I can see mm-hmm. that shift before it came mm-hmm. because it would, my primary caregiver was very volatile in terms of their emotional regulation and, and it could go from, you know, big anger to deep depression to uh, aggressive to checked out and absent. So I had to kind of watch the watch the sea really, really carefully and see the signs before, so I can catch like what the next mood, when the next mood was going to come, and what it's going to be. And it mm. it really those like micro changes in people's eyes, um, the way their mouth sits in their face, whether they're about to laugh or about to, to actually like scream at you, you know. So I think that's definitely my experience that it just hones in that hypervigilance. Um, mm-hmm, and then once, mm-hmm. you, once you have it like sharpened, then it's like, it's there, you know? And I, mm-hmm. and I agree. It's also, um, it's also a, a super, a superpower. Yeah. 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 You then get to, to read other people. Like you get to read your boss's <laughs> thoughts before they speak or like, that's what we talk about in this class is like, what are the, what are the great things about being super sensitive? And there's so many things that people can identify with. Yeah. I mean, actually that's perfect uh, segue because that's exactly what I'm going to, I was going to ask, given that there's definitely a, a um, side of this that feels like a gift uh, or at least mm-hmm. you, can see, or you can feel it as, as a superpower, I should say, mm-hmm. what are the benefits of it? What are the sort of, why is it so magical for, you know, how can it be so magical for us in the sexual realm? Mm, yeah. Uh, well, you can be multi-orgasmic. If you are able to really master the sensitivity, you can then begin to play with, like imagine that every hair on your body is an antenna. Mm-hmm. Every little peach fuzz, every single hair on your body is an antenna and that antenna can be used for pleasure. Mm-hmm. And if we're playing with that electricity in like sexual electricity, that can become something where when you really get to masterfully like play with it, it can create out of this world sex experiences, experiences where you're like, I like after that orgasm, like I went to 
some other place on the planet or it was it on this planet or like what <laughs> that electric feeling can really take you to maybe electric isn't what everyone resonates with but um electric and like spiritual places mm-hmm. can like seeing colors and being able to have someone like blow their breath on you and that be the thing that reaches climax or creates like the highest turn on or I've had clients where I'll back up like 16 feet down their hallway and that's the place at which we begin our touch. Mm -hmm. I'll be yelling like, is this good? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, start there. (laughs) And being able to like hover my hands over clients and see their body ripple. They're blindfolded during this process. So hovering my hands and being able to see their body begin to like convulse and move. And in yoga, that's, that's referred to as like a a Kriya, like an energetic response that's clearing the body. Mm. Also playing with stones, like stones are something that I have such a hard time talking about because I, I used to teach yoga and was just in the world of like woo land, like la la la, everything is so spiritual and so divine that I would gag a little from it. Uh, So the idea of stones and crystals being like a healing thing that you can use as a sex toy was something was an edge for me of like, come on, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) But blindfolded, I will take these like smoky quartz and rose quartz and different crystals and hover them over people's bodies and they'll start to have a reaction. Well, they'll, they'll be like that significantly increased pleasure. What the heck is that? And I'm like, well, it's, it's a rock in my hand because it's really pretty. (laughs) And so there's um, these really cool possibilities and you can really read your lover. That's a gift that I've heard people say that can be like abuse sort of, of like reading someone's emotions, being able to out somebody's emotions before they're even able to understand or process them. Mm-hmm. But in, in lovemaking, when you're really connected to that person, uh, when you're very present, you can begin to get like telepathic messages together where you're communicating telepathically. Sure. So your intuition is very strong and that's, yeah, all of these I feel like have like the the spectrum of like this is the super awesome part and then this is the part that can work against you in that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that, right? Cuz I feel like yeah. I feel like it's a like what are the conditions that we need to have in place so that we can enjoy the gifts and, mm-hmm. and more rather than be kind of mm-hmm. burdened with the the dark side if you will, the, mm-hmm. the shadow side of 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 these amazing abilities and and our sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, of course the first, like we talked about is like owning it, being able to step into that ownership of like, this might be true for me. And therefore I need to start building awareness around this. And that awareness can look like lifestyle things that you're doing in your life mm-hmm. to then make you more resilient mm-hmm. and to take care of yourself. Uh, that then in turn allows you to be resourced. We want you to be really resourced because the more resourced your body is and your nervous system is, the more easily you'll be able to step into pleasure without having that dodgy kind of back and forth with feeling fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So some of those things look like if you look at your calendar and your calendar is scheduled like from morning until night, like a little Tetris of a quilt on your Google calendar, 
that's awesome. You're a high achiever. And where can you schedule in some spaciousness? Because we, our world is not really set up for high achievers that are highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. So we need to be high achievers that also can take really great care of ourselves. And so when I say scheduling in time, like where can you put two, three hour windows in your schedule that have nothing to do with doing. Mm -hmm. I call that the doo-doo trap. Mm -hmm. I get caught in the doo-doo trap all the time. Mm -hmm. It's when you want to do, 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 do. And therefore when it comes to pleasure, which is a very much a being activity Mm -hmm. where you are not doing anything, you're just being in the moment, being with the touch and the sensation and the pleasure. And in that mindset of like, I'm just here, Mm -hmm. which can be super difficult when 98% of your life is doing. Mm -hmm. Switching to being is not as easy. For sure. That's something that I make all my clients do. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I, I mean, that's uh, um, that's you know, something that Jackie and I talk about all the time. Uh, we are doers. She's more so than uh-huh. I am. Uh-huh. And how can people do that? How how can we do that? <laughs> Tell us <laughs> how. How do, uh-huh. we, how do we stop doing and just like take the moment <laughs> of being um, with our you know feet planted planted on the ground mm-hmm. and just like give us that. Give, give, give ourselves permission to just be given mm-hmm. that especially as you know ambitious women who just want to you know do amazing well do, do amazing work mm-hmm. in the world and somehow internalize that our worth is intertwined mm-hmm. with what we're doing mm-hmm. so i am sure there are so many people listening they're just like yes mm-hmm. that's me um mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you can you can tell us Well, I like to identify, like, is this something that my culture has taught me that this is just how life is? You just work your whole life Mm -hmm. and noticing like what's true for you in that, if that's really how you want to live your life. And then for me, it was definitely acknowledging that I'm worthy of having rest and that downtime and enjoyment in my life. And that was really like stopping and, and like looking at my worth and my sense of worth. Mm -hmm. Like you had said, like our work brings a lot of, brings a lot to our sense of worth. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so much more that brings that sense of worth in our lives. We, we have to honestly take a, take a look at that Mm -hmm. and adjust it a little. Sure. Like, yes, I am worthy of success and my success is dependent on me being resourced. Right. I have a little quote here on my desk that says, the less I do, the more potent I am. Nice. That's by my friend Vivian Burke. And, and that, that is something that I need to have in my vicinity and my visual uh, space at all times, because it's true. When I am able to have more downtime, I then am able to show up with stronger thoughts more insight, more connection to like wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's I only, I get wisdom downloads when I have spaciousness in my mind, not when I'm like, give me the wisdom, (laughs) damn it. Like, let me juice it out of myself. Doesn't ever work like that for me. So it's a really, it's a discipline to create windows of time that are space and, and to not do like doing the dishes in your spaciousness time is not, not a part of it. 
it's like going out in nature, being at one with your breath, if that's through dance or yoga or movement, uh, or, or just taking a walk, making it really simple and just observing. Mm -hmm. I even in the being try to, I try to bring in the pleasure, like what would feel just super pleasurable to me right now. Mm -hmm. And this is bringing up a, a point that when we don't make time to just be, it can feel overwhelming to just be because mm -hmm. then all of our emotions and all of our thoughts that we've then been stuffing down and denying or like compartmentalizing mm -hmm. can begin to show up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why in the West, people are so into like really intense workouts <laughs> Because they're like, yeah, I'm going to do something good for myself. I'm going to like get beat up in, in my like Ashtanga yoga class, or I'm going to go to like core power, or I'm going to like go to the cycling class and just like burn yeah. the fire, mm -hmm. which we're burning the fire even more. And so, yeah, fire likes fire. I see that as like, oh yeah, I'm doing something good for myself by exercising and by sweating, which is awesome. But then also after you do that, mm -hmm. maybe that's what you need in order for your mind to go, whew, mm -hmm. I'll get some more endorphins now. And I have some, some cool like neurotransmitters coming in that I just get to relax. Yeah. Then in those moments, how can you be without moving on to the next thing or yeah. checking your phone? Yeah. I love that. that. A couple of things come to mind. One is having our well-being being uh, a measure of success as a part of our measure of success that if, we, <laughs> if you want to be successful that is, is you know and and you know ambitious people um measure of success is a thing yeah our well-being being one of those measures of success um yeah. that can really you know, that's that can really keep us on track yeah and the other thing um that you that what i've just heard when you're talking about the exercising, I work with an amazing body mind connection coach called Alyssa um, Weinzimmer. She's incredible. And one of the exercises that she does um, in preparing to be present for your talks, for your podcast recording, for your Zoom class or, you know, your TED talk is sort of really contract really hard, like squeeze as hard mm -hmm. as you can and then let go and have that mm -hmm. contrast, like, and really feel into mm -hmm. that contrast and finding mm -hmm. the stillness in that contrast mm -hmm. and become very present through that. And it made me think of you describing folks who like work out like crazy, which is like <laughs> the contraction. And maybe after that, they're like, oh, now I can like uh -huh. feel <laughs> relaxing. Just like worked, you know, worked out so hard. Otherwise, you just uh -huh. can't get to that place, you know. So that kind mm -hmm. of what, what made me think about that. Yeah. Okay. So one one of the things that we talked about resourcing, and one of the one of the places mm -hmm. that we said resourcing was finding time in your in your calendar in your schedule. Not just finding it, making it. You have making to like it, chisel it out because I love that. Distinction. You won't find it. You won't find it if you don't make it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Put it in there. Put it in there. Yeah. I would go, maybe maybe we should go as far as to say make that the first thing that you put in your calendar for the next week. How is that? Yeah, and make it. I make it reoccurring. Like every Monday from five to eight p.m., I have to show up and just like. And this is so funny because I I do this as a practice to take care of myself. And every time that I show up, I'm like, God dang it, what I have to do? What now? Like I resist it every time. Mm -hmm. Still. Uh, and all it takes is like, you just have to find the first little thing if you're like, all right, I'm going to go on a walk around the block to just start this thing out. 
And then on your walk, you go, oh, oh, now I really want to like smell these flowers. And then when I get home, I think I'm going to take a bath and it all starts to trickle together. Mm. So it's, it's making that space. And then also just taking the first tiny step that'll be like, yay, I get to pat myself on the back. Nice. I love that. What are some of the other things that people can do? Because what I'm, what I'm hearing is like the way that I'm sort of working this out for myself is like, these are the things that you also prepare to then transition into a hot, sexy, Mm -hmm. sensual Mm -hmm. time with your partner. I imagine that like shutting off your computer screen and then now I'm about to get into a hot, you know, the hot, sexy mood for highly sensitive Mm -hmm. people is kind of, I can imagine, I mean, it's for me for sure, but I imagine it's it's kind of really hard to ask. It's like a tall order. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're bringing up the concept of like priming. Mm-hmm. Priming is this this idea that if you know that you have a date, or if you're like, oh, I, I wanna I wanna enter this date feeling turned on and not having that dodgy kind of fight or flight feeling, you can begin to pleasure and bring pleasure into yourself. Like first, you have to relax, like we're saying with the spaciousness, and after the relaxation, that's often when turn on will show up or like an idea of what to do for turn on will show up. And so playing with sensations on your body alone before your date can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like to bring this back to the erotic blueprints. If, if we have one partner that's energetic, that needs lots of safety and space and time. And then you have like the sexual blueprint that's like, let's start with just like putting genitals in our mouth. Um, that can be this, like a, a, like oil and water sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what I suggest for clients is that like, if, if one of you is energetic, sometimes it's really great to take all that resourced relaxation and then turn yourself on and then invite the partner in so that you're inviting them in while you're simmering Mm. so that they don't have to start the fire. You're already like, I'm juiced up. I am feeling like pouncy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We want to, we want to get to that that pounce place, Mm -hmm. uh, which is so hard in fight or flight. And so what that looks like is yeah, relaxing and then playing. So how can you delight your senses? How can you like turn on music or put on yummy smelling bath products that make you like really inhale and exhale deeply? Mm -hmm. How can you get into like appreciating your body and feeling your body Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what, like doing the, what if, what if I started with this? And then what if I started with that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then inviting them in? I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think, um, sometimes it's hard to line those things up, but I think it's really important mm-hmm. that you kind of realize mm-hmm. that especially if you identify as being highly sensitive or an empath, mm-hmm. you're, you're not the person that like shuts off the, the world, like the laptop screen and like, I'm ready to go that you do need to have that, mm-hmm. that transition and you need to take mm-hmm. care of yourself in that way. What I've heard so far is that being highly sensitive and empathic, um, can be a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. It's power. Uh, at the same time, it could be a burden. Um, mm-hmm. But there are definitely ways that we can we can do things. We can resource ourselves so that we can enjoy mm-hmm. the gifts and the superpowers, and mm-hmm. um, ha- be less burdened by the the darker side, the shadow side. And some mm-hmm. of the things that I heard from you is um, this idea of making st- making time, making spaciousness in your calendar, in your day, in your daily life. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing I heard is to really take care of yourself and name. First and foremost, actually, that to name that you're that kind of a person and own mm-hmm. it and don't judge it. Don't mm-hmm. feel that it's weakness, but to just say, that's just who I am and how I am. 
um, acknowledge and love that, love that about yourself. Start to take mm-hmm. care of yourself from that place with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Make more time and making intentional time to connect with nature, with yourself, um, mm-hmm. and learning, practicing to be and not to do. Mm-hmm. And if when you're going into a sexual space, when you want to play in the erotic space, prime yourself towards it. Mm-hmm. Don't expect mm-hmm. that you're going to come in from work and be ready. You're not going to be able to shut your laptop down and be ready. You're not going to be able to put mm-hmm. the kids to bed and be ready. <laughs> yeah. And that you, you're going to need a bit of time to unwind and, and, and get yourself in the mood and, and get mm-hmm. those sensitivities to sort of vibrate in the right frequencies they can receive rather than mm-hmm. repel. That's kind of what, mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm hearing. So those mm-hmm. are great notes for people who are highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. I want to spend a few minutes talking to those uh, with partners who are that way and, yeah. and, and give them some tips on how can they show up as, how can they show up as good, you know, supportive partners so that everybody has a great experience. And it's actually kind mm-hmm. of, actually kind of almost self-serving to get this right because you, you want your partner to, to feel good so that, you know, you both or all of you, whoever is getting together is feeling that, that you can have a really juicy you know, sexy, fulfilling sexual experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is so great because if both of you are working with that sensitivity as a gift, then it's just going to open the gates to pleasure even, I was going to say even quicker, but yeah, it'll provide more spaciousness in that. So one thing that I really like to play with is establishing erotic connection without touch. Mm-hmm. So those times that I've had my partner and come into the kitchen when I'm cooking and I'm in like cooking mode and, and they want to immediately touch me and kiss me and fondle me. And, um, I'll ask them, I'll say, can you back up like four feet? Mm-hmm. And I want to feel the desire that you have for me right now and show me with your breath. I want to see it in your pupils. I want to feel your cock energy from there. And being able to have that connection from afar can be just, it, it allows um, that safety to show up in the nervous system. That's like navigating that reptilian brain by being able to go, okay, I have safety here. There's enough space between myself and that other person that that, that bubble that I feel like is my personal space begins to collapse and become smaller. Mm-hmm. And it's also in that little game, it's building magnetism. Mm-hmm. People that feel super sensitive, like I think that there's this yearning to want to be pouncy and to feel magnetized. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can feel that erotic energy from across the room, we want, we want to be like, Ooh, like, let me, let me just like tiptoe over here and come check you out. Uh, and so that is, that's a really fun experience for them because that's often not what they're being given the space to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, giving them plenty of space to like, if you're going to enter that room, like just stay at the doorway and begin to think the thoughts. Like people think that energy is complicated but energy is just thinking a thought and sending it towards someone basically. Mm-hmm. So if you want to think of all the sexy things that you want to do with that person, mm-hmm. just begin from six feet away. <laughs> sure. It's funny. It, just a quick interlude. My nerdiness is coming, coming alive. I was brushing up on my philosophy for an article that I'm writing and I went uh-huh. down a rabbit hole on, um, I think therefore I am. 
um, mm. and where that comes from and, and how it, because we're, we're going to be talking about duality in an upcoming, mm. in fact, tomorrow's event um, and how duality is one of the things that we really need to, it's one of the core things that if you want to be non-monogamous, it provides a platform for you to really wrap your head around this idea of duality in the world. Um, mm. And I was kind of researching Descartes and all that kind of stuff. And this, I think, therefore I am came up and I was like, oh yeah, that's a, uh, like that's profound. And when I hear you say that, as what's coming up for me, if I think I am being that, mm-hmm. you know, if I am mm-hmm. starting to think sexy thoughts, I think therefore I am, which is not exactly mm-hmm. what the statement is about, but it, it, that's what it came up for me. This, mm-hmm. That's where it starts. Like, I think therefore I am that thing. You know, I, I mm-hmm. am, I exist, but also I become the thing that I'm thinking. Ooh, I love that. It breaks it down to make it so simple. It's not, it's not an esoteric thing. It's just thinking and believing. Right. And being present with that thought, right? Because we, yeah. can, we can have a thought, but not be present with it. For sure. Yeah. And the intention and presence is what needs to be there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I tell, or when I tell people like, oh yeah, just be present. It's like, oh, that's like the most torturous thing you could possibly tell me to. It's not like I can just snap my fingers or choose to be present. Uh, a lot of people don't feel that they are able to do that. So then you have to give your mind a job. And that job is like, oh, I'm going to think sexy things and then I'm gonna like send it their way nice and imagine like using using that visualization of like I'm going to send this energy from my genitals mm-hmm. and a huge distinction is that you only practice this when this is consensual because there have been many stories that I've heard of people being able to feel things like in a workshop that they've been in and someone outs themselves of like, Oh yeah, I was sending that to the whole room. Could you feel it? And they're like, yeah, icky, gross. (laughs) Um, and that's, I, I think of those people as like, like energetic babies, you know, where they don't, they're like, Oh, let me just try this. And they don't really know how Mm -hmm. it can affect people. For sure. Uh, so that or like eye fucking when you don't want to be eye fucked. Yeah. It can be just disgusting feeling. So yeah. yeah, only practicing this when it is very consensual. For sure. Especially for sensitive people. It's like, you, you know, it's like you might as well touch them. So yeah. I mean, yeah. when I when I teach the, the play party etiquette workshop, I do a whole section on voyeurism. And one of the things mm-hmm. I say to them is watching is participating. Your energy is going into that scene. You might not be, mm-hmm. you might not be touching anyone, but you are a part mm-hmm. of that scene because your energy, your attention, your, you know, your desire is getting projected onto those people. And you have mm-hmm. to be mindful. Like if they don't, if they, if it feels like they don't give you consent and they don't want you there it's the same Mm -hmm. as touching them without consent so Mm -hmm. absolutely i'm so i'm so with you there i just got turned on from that (laughs) (laughs) i am totally a voyeur and the way that you put that into words was like oh yes that's what i love about it so much thank you (laughs) yeah no i hear you i I didn't know i was a voyeur until i started getting to sex parties i was like oh yeah thing and yeah like, i don't enjoy porn but when it's live uh-huh. with real people uh-huh. having real sex i'm like transfer and it's authentic and yeah. hot and yeah uh, yeah totally totally uh, nice interlude there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> of, our, of our sex party lives and voyeurism yeah. no totally <laughs> voyeurism is my thing um uh-huh. okay so i want to make sure that we we give partners as much yeah. possible so that they can take care of or they can be a supportive partner so we said mm-hmm. um give them space physical mm-hmm. physically distance mm-hmm. take things slow is another thing i heard mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Being able to pause. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be going more into that in the workshop. Like when can you pause in, uh, touch in giving touch? Like if you're going to stroke someone's arm from shoulder to, uh, wrist, take a couple of moments to, to take some, uh, to take a pause or two, because what that does, if you imagine that example of like every hair being, uh, like a little antenna, you want to give that person enough time to, to first build anticipation and for them to not have as much stimulation. Mm -hmm. So it's being able to move just really in a way where your intention is that you're turning them on through the pausing and spaciousness that you're giving them. Love that. That it's not boring. It's not slow. It is like you are intentionally going to make sure that by the time you get to an erogenous zone, that that person's body is aching for you. Love that so much anticipation. And yeah. I think, like you said, it's a gift that you can build that anticipation mm-hmm. for want of a better word. Not that this is your this is the intention, but uh faster. It's just more intensely yeah. with somebody who's like highly sensitive. Yeah. And it, it gives like be it's a gift to be given anticipation and spaciousness, especially for someone sensitive. They're like, oh my gosh, thank God I just get to like yearn. To be able to yearn and long and want and to feel like a like that pounce. Sure. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. 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 Especially if you're highly sensitive. I definitely find myself that I'm too often trying to filter and slow things down that mm. I don't get to the yearning because I, mm-hmm. I, I it's it's too much too too soon. So often mm-hmm. I'm I'm like like that I'm repelling and managing and filtering and slowing down and, and kind mm-hmm. of managing the other, like the experience. So I don't get overwhelmed. So there's like mm-hmm. a part of me that is just on manager mode and, and, yeah. and knowing that I, like if it was presented to me in a way that it was like slow and that, that, that yearn, like you said, that yearning place, it's like, that's so delicious. I'd love to just be in that mm-hmm. place and be yearning and like wanting more rather than being like, ah, too much, too much, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's, yeah. it's a, it's, it's delicious. And like, you feel it in every fiber in your body and like, you feel the hair, like where the hair is attached to your skin. If you can, mm-hmm. if you're given that space, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So yeah. Yum, yum. Um, <laughs> so I like that we're like turning each other on right now. Yeah, you're bringing up another great point that like words turn on our brain. Mm-hmm. So even being able to talk in a spacious way where you're saying to that person of yours, like, I'm going to take my time with you until you ache and beg me to touch you. Like in the beginning of the podcast, when you, when you were introducing with more breath and more pause, I automatically, my nervous system, I had a little breath. I went, (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) and so the more we can produce that kind of like, (sighs) kind of breath, Mm -hmm. the, the yummier the experience will be. Yeah. Yeah. So just talk to that person in dirty talk like you're a yoga teacher. <laughs> I love it. I was just going to say, I had the same experience with you just then when you were demonstrating. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh yes, please. Yeah, yeah. give me more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have definitely felt exactly that feeling in yoga classes. I have some of my mm-hmm. favorite class, the teachers and mm-hmm. I 
you know, I have to be like, I get my, like, I get that. Cause I'm also in my body. I feel like I feel turned on when I'm in my body. Like that's, yeah. I'm dropping to my body. Like I, and if I'm in, a, in the right mood, I'm definitely like immediately aroused. And I've mm-hmm. definitely been in yoga classes with the breathy, the calm, grounded instruction. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh-huh. oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> this feels amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah for sure okay okay so let's do some bullet points for the partners yeah time and space so give them lots of space physical space distance Mm -hmm. get familiar with energy um what Mm -hmm. energy is how it comes up for you how it shows up for you how to use it how to make it as part of your uh, erotic dynamic not not to wait till you're touching but that it starts so much earlier than that Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Be patient and be inten- be intentional and pause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard think about all the senses, mm-hmm. touch, and the way that your voice sits in there on their ear and on their on their skin. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I've heard. Is there anything else you want to add? I just want to make it clear that for anyone that thinks of pleasure as just like genital focus, that just to think to expand that. Mm, So even, even the super sensitive people, like when you are thinking of doing that priming, Mm -hmm. like how can you activate your body without touching your genitals? Like make that like the dessert of your six course meal. Mm. And same with the partners, like how can you make sex like a six course fine dining experience uh, so that genital touch becomes the thing that is like the dessert that by then like the genitals are so wet and juicy and plump that yeah that they're just begging to be included i love that i i love that i want that (laughs) (laughs) i'm just putting it out there Um, and i wanna the thing that came up for me is is definitely i love that and i can what i could hear People going, who has time for that? Right. Mm. I want to just dispel that for a second because I, when I heard mm. you say that, I was like, yes. And then I was like, I bet there are people who are listening. It's like, who has time for that? All the doers. All the doers. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So um, some of the things I thought of maybe that people can do is, like you said, it doesn't have to start there and then. Right. So maybe it starts mm. with a, a text message first thing in the morning. Maybe mm-hmm. it is a, a cute picture that you're sending during lunch break mm-hmm. that, it, mm-hmm. you know, that you're kind of priming much earlier in the day and yeah. that it doesn't necessarily have to be like in the truncated time that you might have for the physical, like where you can be in the physically in the same room. That's Esther Perel. I think Esther Perel, I might totally hack this, this quote. Um, I think that she says something like arousal begins at the end of the last orgasm. Mm-hmm. So how can you, yeah, be planting those erotic seeds to, mm-hmm. to just like drop little, like, like a text message that says like, I can't wait to be with you tonight. Mm-hmm. Just that alone is like, ah, because <laughs> there's that longing. There's that like, Ooh, I'm I, like, rather than saying like, I can't wait to be inside of you right now. Mm-hmm. That's a different feel. Love that. I love, 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 love that. You can create the longing with the language as well. For sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And be creative, you know. Um I think I think we were talking about this with Steve Dean and we were talking about dating, digital dating, like online dating and like yeah. how do we connect digitally and what are the ways that we can actually connect, you know, mm-hmm. um online, which is actually really hard to do to truly connect. Mm-hmm. And uh we were discussing being creative. 
Mm. And that if words aren't your thing, are gifts your thing? Are mm-hmm. emojis your thing? Mm-hmm. Are, you know, things that you can like finger sketch on your phone your thing? Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. finding, you know, are, is creating a playlist for the day? I had a, I had a partner who would send me a song on his way back from on his way to see me to, to come mm-hmm. over to give me an indication of what mood he's in. I love that. I love that. I love it. was such a good, it was such a good, cause I, then I would be like, I would be ready and synced. And I think as somebody who's highly sensitive and somebody who grew up like just w- wondering what mood someone's in, mm-hmm. you know, and thinking that everyone's as volatile as what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. It, it gave me so much comfort knowing like, I know exactly what this person is coming home, like coming over. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I just heard it. Like I heard it because I heard it. I felt it because I'm a dancer. Mm-hmm. I moved to it. Now by yeah, the time they're coming in through the door, I'm like, we're synced already. Mm-hmm. So I would say, um, be creative with that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. know that, uh, this does not need to be like hours long. Like that's, that's a misconception of like, Oh, a six course meal takes hours mm-hmm. in terms of sex, but no, when it, when it begins at cooking dinner, where you just, that example of me cooking dinner and having, having my partner just be able to like restrain themselves, restrain their desire. Mm-hmm. Even when you're just getting ready, when you're prepping, as long as we'll talk about this more in the class, like when your nervous system gets to feel like it's on your skin and not the six feet away, there's ways for you to make it come to your skin more quickly. Mm. And one of those ways is that spaciousness where if I feel like I'm ready to pounce because you've been sending me your desire from afar, the six course meal is going to get a little bit more sped up um, because we Mm. took that time in the beginning to really build the yearning. Yeah, to get to get really hungry. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get really hungry for that six months. Yeah, I get that. Exactly. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Uh, this is this is super 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 interesting. I am so looking forward to this workshop. Um, and I'm gonna tell everybody more about where and how, and they can get information for that. But before that, I want to ask you some questions that we ask everyone. Great. Some rapid fire questions. What is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self about love, sex, and relationships? Uh, that everything's going to be okay. Love that. No matter where you are, no matter what relationship or sex or dynamic in life, everything is going to be okay. I love that. What is one romantic or sexual adventure on your bucket list? Uh, I saw recently this beautiful, this is silly, like a DJ set that was done, um, by the DJ disclosure disclosure, uh, in Croatia and it's in Croatia. I want to have sex in this place in Croatia. There, there is, um, this beautiful aqua blue, uh, lake and waterfalls and yeah, my bucket list mainly right now has lots of like being out in nature and being the only people that are fucking in nature. I love that. I actually, oh, I uh, my memory isn't working, but there is a there is a word for that. I don't know if you, there is a word for ecosexual. Like, e- eco, is that right? Ecosexual is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah ecosexual. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I get that. I mean, yeah. yes, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so tell me, how do you challenge the status quo? Well. 
I challenge the status quo, I think by checking in if the status quo is the truth or not, mm-hmm. like just questioning it. And I tend to break the rules often. And so, yeah, like questioning, is this right? Is this wrong? Is not in my, like that duality of right and wrong. I try mm-hmm. not to think in, I try to just step into more of like, is this possible or is this true? Sure. Yeah. 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 I love that. It's, it's that's where it starts. That's how you challenge, you know, you mm-hmm. question it and then you take it from there. I lo- yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, last but not least, our favorite question. What are you curious about lately? <sighs> what am I? I'm really curious about how to be really horny on, at my choice. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to like, because 2020 has been just like so heavy for me. It's my first time ever really understanding what depression feels like. Like I I have definitely identified with anxiety in the past, but this year I was like, what is this heaviness? Mm -hmm. And that has significantly impacted my desire. And so I'm now looking into hacking, like, how can I be horny more? How can I have like new relationship energy more? How can I, how can I like light up my genitals to just be like annoyingly turned on? (laughs) I I want to see if I can influence that, if I can influence desire during times of crisis. Wow, I support that curiosity. <laughs> and, Thank you. And I would like that could be a class. I was just gonna say, once you figure it out, I would love <laughs> to have you back on the podcast. I would love for you to come and do it at the, Curi- uh, the Curious Fox Present session and tell us how we do that okay. because I think okay. it's such important information and discovery. Once you're there, yeah, please, you're you're welcome anytime, <laughs> and let's just distribute that information to the world. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Today. Yeah. Uh, great. Fucking the apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? If the apocalypse is coming, yeah. what better thing do you, have, do you have to do than fucking as well as you can? Yeah. Survival. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom. And I cannot wait for the session on Wednesday, um, September 30th. If you are someone um, with a highly sensitive nervous system or if you are a partner of an empath, join us on Wednesday, September 30th, where Jesse will be covering touch styles and preferences that build arousal, communication tools to increase connection, sexy self-care practices, energy and body awareness, as well as tools that will help you invite more orgasmic possibilities so you can feel your highly sensitive badass. Tickets are available on our Facebook, on our Instagram, on our website by searching We Are Curious Foxes. If you're listening in the future and the session has passed and you're like, damn, that's me. I want to know more about that. Don't fret. You can catch Jesse's sessions along with our previous Curious Fox Present sessions on our Patreon. You can join for as little as $5. You'll get videos of our sessions so far. You'll get Patreon-only events, free plus ones. $5 tickets to our presents events, monthly AMAs with me and more. And if you're like, wow, that Jessie Fresh is amazing. I want to hear more from her. Well, you can follow her on Instagram at Jessie Fresh, the coach. That's J-E-S-S-I-E-F-R-E-S-H-T-H-E-C-O-A-C-H. And you can visit her website at www.jessiefresh.com. You should definitely also follow us if you're not doing so already. 
You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram on Patreon by searching We Are Curious Foxes. And please, please, please like and review and share this podcast. It makes a huge difference. We are trying to change the noise, bring inspiration and permission to those who want to explore all the way they can live, love, connect, and touch one another. If you have questions you would like us to explore on the show, give us a call. We would play your question and answer in an upcoming episode. You can call us on 201-870-0063. As always, you can reach us, share ideas, tell us which episode helped you the most, tell us your journey, give us some suggestions by emailing us at listening at wearecuriousfoxes. And as always, friends, stay curious. Curious Fox Podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. 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 Stay curious.